Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I would like to begin today by acknowledging and paying our respects to the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nations, the traditional custodians of the land on which we are gathered today. I would like to pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Hi everyone. Hi there. My name is Jane. My name's Kurt. And this is Made You Look, a podcast where we make each other watch episodes of our favourite TV shows and then try and work out why we love the things that we love. Mm-hmm. And we're in a brand new season. We are. Happy 2020, everybody. Oh gosh. I've been working on 2020 content for so long, I feel like I've just approached the year 2021. Mate, you're talking to somebody who like... As soon as our 2019 tour finished, we immediately started referring to everything that happened this year as last year, and now <laughs> we're very firmly in 2020. We keep confusing everybody by saying, like, last year's tour, and they're like, sorry? Mm, it was this year. It was definitely it was definitely <laughs> two months ago, um, but yeah, we work in cycles, so. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. but I uh, know I'm excited about this season of uh, content. It's something that I didn't think that we get to do, to be honest. I don't, I'm very torn on this season, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. I think I'm going to have a really difficult time, so... Um, what are we what are we gonna do this season, Kurt? Well, this season we're actually doing kids shows. We are doing kids shows. Yes. And we're doing we haven't really set very firm parameters around this. That way I guess we have a bit more to choose from. Yeah. So some of the ones that I'm gonna pick um, will be things that I watched as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm toying with the idea of chucking a very like early teen drama in there. I think that's doable. Uh huh. Yeah. And then I'm also going to do something later in the season that is a kids show that I didn't watch as a kid, but is around now, mm-hmm. and that um, is my niece's favorite show. Oh, that's lovely. Um, and it's also like my sister's favorite show. Like she thinks it's a great kids show. Mm-hmm. So well, um, that's a bit about what I've actually chosen for you today. Yes, tell me, uh, what did you make me watch this week? This week I made you watch The Spectacular Spider-Man. The. Yeah, there's a the in there. Okay, I will remember to put that in the episode title because um, I inevitably would forget. Otherwise. Well, given that this is actually the third Spider-Man animated series that's come about, mm-hmm. um, originally you had the um, one in the 60s with the uh, very famous uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. 
Spider-Man. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We all heard it, or at least I hope you have. I mean, Um, I mostly heard it first through the... Simpsons? Spider-Pig. Oh, yeah, through the Simpsons reference. I also didn't see that movie either. Neither have I, yeah, I know. It was just that movie would trailer very hard, and it always ended with the Spider-Pig joke. And that's where, like, what that's from? Oh, yeah, that's probably a Spider-Man song. Yeah. Uh, And then also the show that I watched as a kid was the second season, uh, second series, sorry, that ran for actually five years. Mm -hmm. Um, The uh, animated spider the animated Spider-Man series. That's it's not, just what it's called. That's I not the one that we watched. The we watched. Yeah, that we from the nineteen 1990- ninety. No, no, no. That's not the one that we watched. The one that we watched is the one after that. Okay. Which is called Unlimited Spider-Man. Right. Because after the five se- season show got cancelled, they tried to reemerge it with a lot of the same actors or uh-huh. writers carrying over. That one is cancelled after not even finishing one season. Right. Um. Although most people don't actually count that as a proper one. Well, well I, I was going to do. say, doesn't that make this the, the fourth? fourth? Yes. Not I was just third. looking at a review that it says this is the third. It's the one of the best incarnations. And I'm like. Ah, Actually, just speaking out loud and counting them, it's the fourth. Yeah. That reviewer had not counted Unlimited Spider-Man, which is one of my favourites. Anyway, um, uh, a long time ago, we actually did the Unlimited Spider-Man. We did. Uh, did not go well. No, it did not. <laughs> it did not. But that was back when we were talking about any any cartoon that came up had to be discussed Um in the context of the grander show, which is, is this a good show or not? Yes, um, with the same kind of rating that you would give a show that was rated M or considered for you know much older audience. Totally, we were we were comparing it against. Oh, I can't even remember what it was in particular that week, but um, it was something like Fargo or something like that. It wasn't t- like ultimately. I mean, I'm I not saying that's what it was. I'm just <laughs> saying if you tried to com- compare a kids show yes. to something like Fargo and give it the same rating. It's not going to hold water. No, it's not. It's really not. Uh, so this way, we're, what we're actually doing this season is trying as hard as we can to judge these shows as kids' shows. Mm-hmm. So I can, I'm going to try really hard to look at these and go like, I understand that this has been created for kids, therefore, of course, the storylines are going to be more simplistic. Of course, there's going to be um, levels of dialogue that perhaps... Are you a know, bit simplistic. Are a little bit more simplistic. Expository. Um, and, and not hold that against the shows yeah yeah i'm Um, gonna have trouble with that everybody (laughs) just letting you know uh but ultimately um uh this one is uh one that i really enjoyed because while it only had two seasons spanning from uh 2008 uh, and 2009 uh this was out effectively in like uh the last couple of years of high school for me Mm -hmm. but i didn't actually end up watching it till i was in uni and i was like i have access to the internet Um, and uh, without my parents like watching me over my shoulder, we had one family computer, and it was almost like got to the point where it's just like, "What are you watching? What's on the internet? We've got internet security, right?" Um, so this is something I really much enjoyed with the freedom of university, and uh, in my first year of uni, I just loved watching this show so much. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, as I said before, it's the Spectacular Spider-Man, uh, which is actually the fourth uh, tri- iteration of the animated representation of Spider-Man. And um, it was created by Greg Wiseman and Victor Cook. Now, Victor Cook hadn't done much before this point, but Greg Wiseman would have done uh, shows that you may have heard of, like The Gargoyles? No. Nothing? Oh, sorry. I think I've heard of it, but I never saw it. Okay. The Gargoyles came out much earlier uh, in the late, in the mid to late 90s. Was The Gargoyles based off of, like, The Hunchback of Notre Dame Gargoyles? Similar look, but not actually based off them at all. Okay. They kind of got their own stories and backstories and histories. Sure. Like, they're from all different parts of history, the different gargoyles. Um, uh, but uh, he also uh, works on one of my other favourite animated TV shows, which actually got its third season this year. Um, uh, oh, sorry, last year. Young Justice. Okay. 
any of that ringing a bell for you? No. No? Okay. Anyway, um, so uh, it was uh, quite well critically acclaimed at the time, uh, but uh, of course it did only uh, get two seasons, which was much to fans' disappointment, uh, but uh, it was uh, very much a factor of ratings. Uh, coming out towards the time when, you know, towards the end of getting to 2010s, 2011s, when people started streaming and accessing more things online, much less uh, things were getting really picked up or carried on for a number of seasons because uh, there's no real way of capturing that data, or at least there wasn't then. Can you can you talk through that a little bit more? I'm not sure I understand what you mean. Oh, okay. So as technology improves and towards getting later, it's much harder for some animated TV shows to last longer than a standard two seasons, uh-huh. which they're normally given for it to kind of test the waters. And unless they c- continuously perform really well, they performed really well in their first season, but towards the end of their later season, as I think technology was improving and more people were accessing things, it just didn't really get the ratings. So you mean, you're talking about piracy? Yes. You, you think they had a problem with piracy? Yes. I don't think it was just a matter of that. I mean, I think, um, I like the second season actually more than the first season, but, um, it just had much lower ratings uh, than it did in its first season. What network was it on? Um, so it was a uh, basic uh, Disney XD. So it was a it was definitely a cable network. Yes, yes, right. yes. I think if anything, those cable networks have been the biggest uh, kind of Victim. victims of of piracy. But I th- I always kind of kind of go this is your own fault (laughs) (laughs) a little Um, bit yeah because it's not accessible to as many people yeah i mean cable plans and and as we call it in australia foxtail plans um are just like exorbitantly expensive Expensive. yeah yeah and so that was why i mean not to get on my soapbox but that was why the whole like put everything on one streaming platform everybody pays a decent amount and then um you know you get the content you know almost all the contents in one place you're still paying for it but it's it's not, you don't have to get a gazillion different subscriptions or you don't have to pay for all these different services. And now with all of these different payment, <laughs> different services around, um, we're sort of getting back into a cable landscape, which is just so annoying. And it's going to push people back into piracy, which dropped yeah. significantly yeah, when they yeah. brought out Netflix and everything was suddenly available on demand. Yeah, that's, that's all what, we want, yeah. on-demand entertainment. <laughs> it's very true. And that's the thing. This is, this is back in a time where you actually had to watch something at a certain time. I mean, it was getting, starting to get away from yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it, certain things would be accessible on its uh, on its website, but again, we, you would need to have access to it or log in. Yeah. And also in certain areas, like, there was no way I would be able to do that. I mean, streaming certainly wasn't big, but there were, um, you know, there were DVDs and there was downloads. And there was, um There were all kinds of ways. There was a lot of um, kind of DVR type stuff. So record now, watch later. Um, And some of that stuff was recordable. It depended on the system you were using. So if you had like a TiVo, they could record that. But if you had a different, cheaper version, they couldn't record whether or not you were recording. So it would actually restrict it from being recorded. No, no, it wouldn't restrict it. It would... um, just make a note that this person has recorded it to watch later. Oh. So they, that's when they started gathering um, data on things called time-shifted viewing. Oh. Um, so some shows tend to do not very well in their time slot, but do extremely well in time-shifted viewing. I remember um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was one of those shows. Oh, of course. Where it didn't necessarily compete with other shows that were on at the same time, but loads of people were recording it to watch later. Mm. Um, and that's part of the ratings that have kept it going for so long because they're going, people are still watching this. It's just not really 
popular in its time time zone. Oh, actually, I'll, that's a good point. I, I just looked at a closer and look, and season one actually aired on the CW, whereas ah. season two aired on Disney XD. Well, this is why they got Marvel ratings. <laughs> the CW is free to air. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, That's so stupid. Yeah. I think CW is free to air. Maybe I'm wrong. But it's definitely a more, more accessible. More accessible, yeah. A lot of yeah, people watch It's probably the part CW. of more, more plans or something like that. Yeah, if, more if it's not cable, then, I mean, if it is cable, then it's definitely a basic plan cable show. And so, yeah, uh, one of the reasons why I really liked this show is because when I watched it as, um, you know, just a recently turned 18-year-old, I was quite amazed at some of the um, deeper themes that it actually touched on, which you don't get to see as part of this one because it's a very long story arc that happens over a period of time in terms of, like, um, uh, addiction and um, Mm -hmm. lying and and deep-centred mistakes. Um, But we'll get into that a little bit later after we talk about today's episode. Totally. Um... Uh, is that all of the context you wanted? Should I, I go into the enough. recap? Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll let you know which episodes I gave Jane and talk through the episode and show context. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for the show text, I said to Jane that show you... Show text. The show text, yes. <laughs> for the show context. Oh, I like it. Let's the show, show text. Context. Okay, for the show, show text. text. Um, Epitext? Uh, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, I said to Jane that, you know the drill, Peter Parker was bit by a radioactive spider, but the difference for this version uh, is that the show is that he's still in high school, very much struggling to come to grips with being a superhero. Uh, A couple of differences are that MJ isn't really in the picture, at least not at first. Uh, Gwen, Stacy and Harry Osborn are kind of cute, awkward friend group uh, of loners at the high school, but at least they still have each other. Well, that was before Pete kept disappearing on them constantly. Mm -hmm. So this is a very new iteration. We're quite early in the series. Uh, there was actually a uh, limited release movie um, that launched the series, uh, which was um, Around the Lizard. And then they actually started the TV show after that. So it's kind of one of those uh, animated feature, one hour length shows. And then uh, this series started with him being Spider-Man. Okay, so for the epitext for season one, episode five competition. Recently, Peter Parker left both of his friends down, Harry and Gwen, as a result of being Spider-Man after school hours and trying to work as a freelance photographer for the Daily Bugle. And he's got a bit of a crush on Liz Allen, the head cheerleader who he's helped tutor. Also, Aunt May caught him sneaking in late to his room a few too many times and gave him a strict curfew that has been difficult for him to keep, but with his spider powers and letting his friends down, he's managed it okay. Also, he's put away Flint Marco, small-time robber, a couple of times just as a warm-up on his way to school or face while or facing something more dangerous. Season 1, Episode 5, Competition. Flint Marco was bailed out of prison after the crimes that Spider-Man got him arrested for and then was experimented on by the big man via Hammerhead and turned into the Sandman. Pete impresses Aunt May with his clean room and good behaviour, finally returning his curfew to its normal 10pm, allowing him to get back to Spider-Maning a little bit easier. Also, 10pm? That is way later than I was allowed. I mean, I didn't really have a curfew because I didn't really want to go out. Oh, mine was more along the lines of when the TV had to go off and I had Uh, to go to bed. You just mean a bedtime. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose so. (laughs) I imagine if I did party or go out, it would have been a curfew. Did you still have a bedtime in year, uh, year 11? Yes, 10 I did. Year 11, they started being looser with it because I started watching more things with mum later on at night. Um, and year 12, they stopped caring. Right. 
I mean, I got a TV in my room when I was in year eight. Really? So by that point, there was no stopping me. <laughs> well, it wasn't until year 12 when I got a um, laptop that I was like, okay, Kirk can just watch Gilmore Girls whenever he wants now. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to the recap. At school, we learned that the football team is holding tryouts and Harry really wants to try. Pete agrees to do so as well when he hears the guys talking about needing a punching bag. At football tryouts, Pete and Harry both do well and make it through the next round. Sandman is upset that he's been turned into a monster, but isn't interested in revenge. He just wants to score. He robs a bank and fights Spidey, winning but not able to take his loot with him. Harry is annoyed that Pete seems to be doing better than him at the tryouts, but Pete doesn't want to hang with the team like Harry does and goes to spend some time with Gwen. They talk about potentially going to the formal, both dancing around the subject, but Pete is distracted by Sandman and rushes off. Pete and Sandman get into an epic battle at a construction site where he eventually encases Sandman in concrete. Harry's family don't believe that he can play football, but at the final tryouts, Pete intentionally messes up so that Harry can get the starter position. There you go. I guess I'll go into the epitaphs of the next one before we discuss it. Yes. Would you rather discuss I'll, this as a whole? Uh, well, I've got to do my... Reactions. Reactions. Oh, yes, and that would be a better one from each other. Okay. So, for Season 2, Episode 5, First Steps. For the epitext, a lot's happened over the course of the season. Uh, Liz has dumped Flash Thompson and started dating Pete. Harry got addicted to a Goblin Green formula, basically as a steroid use, and developed a split personality as the Green Goblin. But with Norman Osborn and Spider-Man, and especially Gwen's help, he was sent away to a post-rehab centre. One of those hoity-toity ones overseas. Also recently, Eddie Brock, um, Pete's friend, became the symbiote-bonded villain Venom, but was defeated by Peter and he's buried the dangerous substance under a construction site about to pour cement down as foundation. Great. Uh, and the, the recap for that one? Mm-hmm. Season 2, Episode 5, First Steps. This episode is framed around Flash's birthday party, which Pete has unexpectedly been invited to and brought Liz along thanks to Flash's mum. Sandman is back at his old tricks, robbing a jewellery store. He is foiled by Pete, but gets away, and in a later robbery, we learn that he has been consuming silicone so that he can grow bigger. Things seem to be going well for Pete in his personal life. Harry's back at school, Aunt May is doing better because she was sick, apparently. Uh, it was an attack as a result of the symbiote oh, venom. Yeah. Poor Aunt I didn't tell you the exact details because I was fine. like, Aunt May normally has a fall or something. It didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I just assumed that she was not well. Yeah. Uh, and he is dating Liz. But he does seem to be imagining his friend Eddie as he's out crime fighting, which starts to make him paranoid. Sandman is under the thumb of Hammerhead, who only gives him a small cut for his hard work. So Sandman goes for a bigger score, helping steal oil from a tanker. The attack doesn't go well, and Pete has to leave Flash's party to deal with it. Pete fights Sandman for a bit, but when the tanker catches fire and the crew start abandoning ship, Sandman saves the remaining crew. He tells Pete that he never wanted to hurt anyone, he just wanted to be a thief. Then he encases the tanker in sand as it explodes, turning turning himself entirely to either glass or silicon or something. Mm. Uh, He's not dead though and re-emerges from the water at his normal size. Pete, still worried about the symbiote, goes to check on the construction site where he buried it. It is undisturbed, but once he leaves, Eddie emerges, having been led there by Pete, and starts to dig it up. Yep. Okay. Okay, and my reactions. Okay, so I'm about to watch these Spider-Man cartoons. Cool. 
I feel like I know the names of those characters. Have they been in other things that I've seen? That was a weird little effect. Half a spidey face. Why do I feel like Marcus Flint? Is that his name? I feel like he was in S.H.I.E.L.D. Was he a bad guy in S.H.I.E.L.D.? Oh, I know that voice actress. Is, does she play Susie in Rugrats? Okay, so the person who plays Susie is in Spectacular Spider-Man, but as somebody by the name of Glory Grant? Is that who that character is? Oh, he's Sandman. I guess I knew that Flint Marco was Sandman. I've never seen that Spider-Man movie, but it seems like something I will have picked up. Everyone's favorite argument. It's just my natural talent. It's not cheating. It's a complicated issue in sports. Who's driving the vehicle? Ah, that's the point. It's gonna work for him. He can just dissolve out of it. Like I said. Oh, she is glory. Okay, I was right. Great police work. Cordon it off. Pray someone else will take care of it. If there's something that makes me tune out more than a fight scene in a TV show or movie, it's a fight scene in a cartoon. Lacey Chabert is Gwen Stacy and Don John DiMaggio is Flint Marco. As in like Joe DiMaggio, John DiMaggio? That can't be that common of a name, right? So I guess Sandman got out of his concrete prison at some point? I think the lack of pupils is really weirding me out. Sure. Why not? So how can anybody see you without a pupil? You're losing it, man. Sand is a different material to like stone and marble. You know that, right, Spider-Man? Gotta admit, that was stupid, Spidey. Happens when you work for people, buddy. You gotta become a freelance thief. Cut out the middlemen. Would make for a big score. Episode feels really long. That's not how breaking news works. Breaking news, one single story. Now back to the music. Okay, so I fell asleep. Let's try this again. Shouldn't he like fall apart in the water? So now there'll be bits of glass all through the ocean. Yeah, I fell asleep. Yeah, I mean, um, but was like I, five minutes to the end of the last one. It did. It what? It did feel longer than I expected. Yeah. yeah, it was the same length of time. I know. I think it's just the structure of the episode just felt really long. I yeah, was like, it wasn't a standard three act structure, I suppose. I mean, it, it, well, it was. I think. I think, and not to jump straight into like the problems, but I think that um, watching those two episodes that uh, sort of just were like six fight scenes with the Sandman in a row. I think I just got, like, pretty... Maybe five. Uh, I don't think it was three in each. I think it was only two in the first one and then three in the second maybe. one. Maybe. Including the resolution. Yeah, maybe. But it was still a lot of... It was of, a lot of fight scenes. A lot yeah. of cartoon action, Look, which, as I said um, in not, my recap, I've discovered is, like, the worse. most boring thing in the entire face of the planet. Probably. We're going to have the same problem next week where I was watching it going, like, can I fast forward these bits. They're so much shorter in yours than mine. They are so much shorter, which I appreciate. Um, so that's this will be a struggle in this season because, of course, me uh, adhering to what I was exposed to as a young boy and enjoying video games and comic books, they tend to include fight scenes. 
it's fine. The, it's the things that happen around the fight scenes that I generally like. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, the appeal is that I enjoy a good fight scene. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Uh, seems that you didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. <laughs> Remember, this is a new form of rating. I know. Um, um, Doesn't mean you're going to dumb things down. No, 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 no. No, I think um, I think that it's the, a good way for me to try and judge this yes. is do I think I would have gotten into this when I was a kid? Right. Um, and I don't think that this show would have been for me as a kid mm. either. Um, and I'm, I just don't think that there's a lot of... Uh, thematic resonance in there that I was that I've ever really uh, gravitated toward. The, what what thematically is it that kind of has drawn you to this? Well, the thing that actually bothered me on my second watching of the show because I've only seen the show once, like when I was in university, mm-hmm. uh, and then just a couple of my favorite episodes here and there. So while uh, something that I did enjoy is is part of the things that I mentioned earlier in the show, what I actually like is how uh, they get to develop the villains a bit more. So while you got to see that uh, Flint Marco is actually a character that they have, you know, been having a little bits in the episodes before it, just that he's someone that Spider-Man doesn't even really bother with, and that even though he has this kind of progression, get involved in a number of other things throughout the series after he's first introduced, like the Sinister Six, for those of you who don't know, kind of a big supervillain team-up, and then um, to see him come around um, in the second season to be someone who isn't out to actually hurt anyone or do something bad, he's just trying to make money. <laughs> like, you know, the fast, quick and not necessarily good way to do it. <laughs> um, but the fact that he is actually, even though he's viewed as a very simple, stupid character, he's not hes not without layers. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, I, I do like the way that we ended... Well, sort of like the way that we... Yeah, no, we will talk about that. Um, I like the idea that he kind of realised that he was causing harm mm. and was like, Mm-mm, this is not for me and, and kind of got got out or uh, saved-ish the day. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I like is um, the way... Here we go again. How much Peter Parker fails at being a good friend. <laughs> um, and he it takes him, like, sometimes I'm surprised that his friends do forgive him, and sometimes they don't, because yeah. they actually weren't speaking to him last episode at all. Yeah. Um, and so he has, they have consequences as part of the show. And I like it when things aren't just wrapped up at the end of the episode mm-hmm. and they have afterlying effects. It's not something I normally see in cartoon shows sometimes. Mm-hmm. So those are the main reasons why I liked the show, apart from the bigger themes that the overall season really gave me a bit of a kick in the punch. Kick in the punch? A kick in the punch. <laughs> uh, like a, a punch in the stomach or a kick to the gut or something. Yeah. Um, when uh, Harry turned out to be the Green Goblin because we all thought it was his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that was the little red herring they put into it and the fact that he was struggling with addiction and that it's actually something that keeps coming up and it isn't so easy to get over. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what su- surprised me about the show. Mm. No, I do like the um, the kind of small elements of serialized storytelling. Mm. Um, it's interesting because I obviously read the context, the epitext, um, for both episodes before I watched the first one. I gave a little big line before. I should have said, "Don't read this before oh, you watch this." Oh, it's fine. I don't care. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, if if anything, it was interesting. Because, oh, because you got to see. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I got excited. Um. It meant that I could tell toward the end of that first episode 
that this kind of chip on the shoulder, um, I need to prove myself to my family, to everyone around me, I could see that that was going to lead somewhere quite dark for mm, Harry instead mm. of just being like a oh, poor little rich boy yeah um I could I could tell that that was going to lead down quite a dark path yeah um so I I think it's interesting I think it's really cool that they um they were pretty forthright with the idea of 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 addiction um, yeah actually and they weren't really dancing around it they weren't kind of you know like oh <laughs> we'll talk a bit more about that next week. okay Sorry. um no it's just fine. had a little thought I just had a little giggle when I remembered something from next week um okay. yeah I, it's interesting like it wasn't euphemistic it's pretty much like i w- he said like you know i was on the green yeah um and so that's you know it's quite forthright and it's not dumbing it down for a potentially really young audience yeah that that's something that very much surprised me when i watched the show um and so but while that isn't the, the most important thing that you really get to see in these episodes mm. um it's the little things that you and I tend to like, I guess, when they when they establish a, a, a development of a character or the I mean, relationship. I don't think that's a, a little thing, but I, I like. Oh the no, end. no, that is. But what you get to see in these yeah, two episodes, yeah, yeah, the fact that it was obviously continued through, um, and not just kind of I'm back, I'm better. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. he was kind of I'm back, I'm better, but yeah, like you said, there there clearly are longer standing consequences. You've got um, Pete sort of struggling not to see his friend in that light, um, mm, you know, mm. when he kind of has that flash of seeing the goblin and going like, you know, pull it together. This is obviously still my friend and I don't need to be concerned about this right now. Um, so I kind of, yeah, I, I liked all that. I thought that was quite well done. But you chimed out for about half of the episode? Yeah, I, I just <laughs> Both found... of the episodes, given that... Um... Yeah, the it's so... Um, action. It's so action-heavy. Um, and, and not uh, particularly, I think, in the second episode, it really... It was. There was more in the, in the second episode because you, there had to be, like, enough fighting for them to there be not fighting, I guess, at the end of the episode. Even though that is action, still explosions, people falling out of chips, capsizing. Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, it was just kind of like they didn't seem to be escalating those fights. Oh, I get um, what you mean. I feel like the first two fights were sort of just samey same, and then the third fight it was like, whoa, now he's a giant. Yeah. I think they were trying to escalate the fights by kind of having him get slowly bigger. Yeah. Um, but that just wasn't really. Um, I think the fights themselves weren't interesting enough. The first two to really. Um, grab me and be interested in what was happening with Sandman as a character. It's it's kind of like fight. The only re- reason that fight scenes to me have any interest is when there's something in them that is character based. And the thing is, where I think a definitely big shortcoming of this episode, this series, is when it first introduces a character. While it does set down some nice roots, as soon as they're into supervillain territory, they kind of become a little one note, mm. and it takes a while for them to get out of it. Mm. So once, like, someone de- acquires a supersonic device, or once someone acquires the ability to control granules of silicon like sand, they just all of a sudden know what they're doing. Yeah. When there should have been a bit more of a playful self-discovery in his first fight with Spider-Man as Sandman to be mm. like, oh, sh- shit, I can do this. Or something along the lines of him not being that good at it. Like, I, it is a it is a cheap joke, but I did find it entertaining when he goes down the drain and leaves the money behind, even though it is... <laughs> I mean, it, it, <laughs> it's was, fine. it was fine. It didn't... Um... <laughs> 
didn't bother me. It's just because it just, sometimes there's again, the technicalities. He did that, of, he did that it, twice. He did it twice. And so the first time I was... And I, w- I was kind of caught between being like, you've done this joke before and being like, this is a runner. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't enough of a running joke for me to... For it to really land, I think. <laughs> um, it was just kind of like, yeah, I know you did that. Lo- learn your goddamn lesson, you stupid Sandman. Yeah. Uh, which I get it. He's not. He's not the brightest. Clever. That's not the point of him. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that the way his story ended up, um, I would have preferred. He died. He didn't die. Oh, no, but I, I would have preferred he yes, died. Yes, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. That is where I was going to end up. Um, oh, sorry. That's okay. I feel like there was a missing step in between um, fighting with Spider-Man and being nice to the little girl. Yes, I agree with you. I wanted there to be a connection with the little girl or maybe something that reminded him of himself or some reason to to link the two of them together with his own backstory or emotional weight. Or maybe he had a little girl, he never doesn't see her anymore, something. Or it didn't even have to be something like that. It just had to be... um, A why? Just something that showed... That, like, was it Spider-Man's words to him during that second fight that got to him and made him decide to be nice to this little girl, which then led to him saving the people? Like, the saving that, like, being nice to the little girl is supposed to be the link between who he normally is and saving people at the, the end. end. Yeah. But there's still, that was still weird because we've never seen him be nice to anybody no, ever. No. So, was it the fact that Spidey was like, you could be a hero that made him be like, well, maybe I could do something nice to this little girl? That didn't read for me because he like very uh, very forthrightly laughed at that concept. Yeah, in the first episode. In the first, well, in the second episode. Oh, did he laugh at it as, as again in the second episode? The idea that he could be a hero. Yeah. No, that only happened in the second. episode. I thought he said it in the first episode as well. I don't think so. Okay. I I rewatched it this morning. I don't think so. Um, he he said it during the fight in the art gallery. Which was in the second yeah, episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, was kind of like you could you could do all of this. You could be a I hero, guess... and he kind of comes up. Do you really think I could be a hero? And then punch, ha! Yeah, like yeah, I'd yeah. be interested. Yes. Um, and so I was kind of like, I just wanted a moment where to to see the idea of that land, or or we needed to see it earlier on that he yeah is a nice person that he, um, you know. Is just trying to get money. Make money he, yeah, easily. he just wants he just wants money for whatever reason. Mm. Um, so I think that that was kind of a missing link for me, and it meant that at the end, uh, they needed to do something a little bit more impactful for me to feel the weight of his um, deed. deed, and that weight should have been him dying. I agree. Um, instead of him just kind of doing the thing and then, psych, here I am reappearing on the beach. Uh, I would have like even actually in the animated Spider-Man series. That's what it's called. T A T-S, I think that's what it's called in abbreviation. Tats. Tats, exactly. That's what you can find on YouTube, uh, at least some of the episodes. Um, from, like, 1991 to 96, it was um, it was a bit more, uh, what's the word, uh, Influenced by kind of adult versions of these shows, like, uh, you know, when the Batman animated series happens, mm-hmm. that actually won an Emmy mm-hmm. um, for its um, uh, representation of uh, the Robin's backstory with his parents mm-hmm. dying in a circus. So, and they took from Tim Burton movies. And so, like, they would have, you know, maybe a cutaway shot where you weren't sure if someone was still alive or something else like that. Just a little couple of sands moving in the distance. Maybe, maybe he's still alive. Who knows? It could just be that kind yeah. of final shot. Yeah. 
I was hoping he actually would have died. This is the last time you actually see him. Oh, well, they fucking kill him if you're not going to use him again. <laughs> I think. They, they, I think they plan to use him again. Yeah. Um, I understand the, um, the desire to not want to get rid of a popular villain. No, but I think it could have been a bit of them caving um, mm. in terms of, you know, there are certain things they are and aren't allowed to do on um, kids' shows. And um, there's certain ways they get around them or certain shots. For example, in Batman the Animated Series, they killed lots of people. and Or they went and used to use guns in particular, so they would use, like, the Joker bang gun, and then they could even have him shooting the, the bang at someone necessarily. But different ways to either get creative around it or bow to what you have to do or how you can't kill mm. and this sort of thing. So, for example, even in um, a modern uh, animated show directed towards kids... Uh, which will be actually having its seventh season next year, The Clone Wars, it actually has so much death that it actually does. It uh, gets around it by two ways. One, some of them being droids. Two, doing it off screen. Mm. People getting decapitated, people getting shot in the head, people like falling to their deaths. It's a, it's a war-based show, so there's a lot of yeah. death that happens in it. But the earlier seasons, the reason why they got around it is by just doing it off screen. Yeah, of course. Um, so I, while he does have that big, beautiful glass moment or whatever it is, um, I was like, oh, if he didn't show up at the end, that would have actually really It would have had real impact. It, yeah. And I don't... I mean, in terms of having to try and get around the idea of somebody dying, I didn't feel like it was going to be uh, like a heavy, impactful, making kids sad kind of death. I felt like it was quite well done because, like yeah, you I say, agree. it wasn't... Um, it, there's obviously no gore to it. There wasn't even really any violence to it. Mm. Um, it was a redeeming moment. So I'm not sure I buy the idea that that's kind of how they were skating around the standards and practices of the time. Mm. Mm. Um, I'm thinking about 2008, 2009. It's not like it was... In fact, if anything, things kind of got harder to get across the line the later we go. The least stuff gets... I mean... Again, next week. <laughs> At least stuff does some stuff. They, they, they really do some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know that I buy that that's the reason. I feel yeah, like I it don't, was more I of don't... a cheap cop-out. We want to be able to use this villain again. Yeah, I think you might definitely be right there. I just like to think that's what... Maybe some of them were having that argument internally in the office. I don't know. I like to think that they did. <laughs> um, because, uh, yeah, it, it, I only started watching this because people were saying this was one of the best Spider-Man animated series hmm. as a whole and so I think that it's one of those shows that I don't think feels like that until you see the entire scope of the entire series because one of the things that bothered me when I was picking these episodes is I wanted to pick some other episodes but then it wasn't really fair to how the rest of the show felt mm -hmm. because unfortunately this does have a lack of female representation totally. and when Mary Jane comes into it she doesn't come into it till the end really of the first season and then a little bit in the second season Gwen she was, was talking, talking to, to for like half a second. Half a second, okay. Yeah. I, I assumed that was her, but I wasn't too sure. So they actually did the whole Mary Jane introduction thing just like they did in the comics. She's uh, her friend's uh, niece who has a great personality. And then at the end when she finally sees him at the door, it was always a joke in the early 60s, anime, uh, the early 60s comics that you never saw Mary Jane's face. Uh -huh. She was always behind a pot plant or behind you know a bouquet of flowers sure. or something stupid like that. And then she walks in through the door for a date with him that is arranged. And he's got, face it, tiger, you've hit the jackpot. And um, very famous lines uh, in the Spider-Verse. But um, then she has this whole other plot line of, like, wanting to be a photojournalist and, like, taking, uh, like, a, a, a documentarian person 
documentarian? Yeah, is that the word? If you make a documentary? documentary? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the word. Yeah. Or a documentary maker. Yeah, whatever. Um, and so she ends up like putting herself in danger a lot, but not, but looking after herself and not being like, I'm not going to stand back just because I'm not, you know, a guy. And Gwen Stacy actually has some redeeming qualities around her just crushing on. Mm. Mm, I know. But it's it, that's the thing that bothered me, and that's one of the reasons why in the current Spider-Man series that's actually running on at the moment, it's got I think more female characters than male characters, uh-huh. um, and Are they're they constantly they're they're scientists and power. Main characters. Yes and no depends on the episode because he has sure. he has four sidekicks essentially, right? And they swap between which ones they use on each different episode. Sure. Yeah. Um, I have a question. Yes. Um, I, as a teen, um, used to babysit. Uh-huh. And on one of these babysitting adventures, I recall a Spider-Man comic. Not comic. Um, like Cartoon show. Animated series. Um, that was not this one. And was not... The one we watched? The one we watched. It would have been the one before that. No. Oh, later. It felt very recent. I'm thinking like 2005, 2006. Um, and I feel it may have been... It may have been more of a like CGI animated style. Oh, yes. Voiced by Neil Patrick Harris. Possibly. It is. It's voiced by Neil Patrick Harris. This is the fifth one. Yeah. Okay. I actually own that on DVD. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is the fifth one. Okay. That critic was so off. Yeah. Uh, I've seen all of them. Okay. Obviously. Um, But I forgot about it. Um, Well, so did I. That that, that one actually involved Gwen Stacy in a similar capacity. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, I think it was... What we you did you say? I want to say two thousand two, two thousand three. Possibly, it's possible that I was watching it, uh, you know, a couple years. It later. was computer animated, and uh, it was after the Daredevil came out with Ben Affleck in it because they fashioned the Kingpin is one of the villains in that, sure. and they fashioned him after the actor who plays him in in that series mm-hmm. with Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner and mm-hmm. um, what's his name, the one in Grindelwald, who's not Grindelwald, Colin, F- not Firth, Farrell. There we go. Yes. Um, that Daredevil movie. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, that one had even worse um, ratings. Okay. I don't remember <laughs> anything about it. I it was so floaty in terms of, like, a computer animated action show. Like, the, uh, the action sequences were by far the worst that I've had in any Spider-Man for me. Again, not, not something, something I would Not just you care about, I know. I, but... I do remember, like, I think I remember watching it and kind of, like being vaguely engaged by whatever was happening. I think that the voice performances are really good in that. Okay. G- given that especially also Neil Patrick Harris is actually the voice of Spider-Man in yeah, that right. series. Yeah, Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, that was just a little <laughs> side point where it's I was nice like... It's nice you actually have a memory of Spider-Man. Yeah, and it was interesting because when we went to watch this, that's sort of what I was expecting to see. Right, because like, you know it was will, the later one. This will be that random one that I vaguely recall seeing um, half a second of when I was babysitting. Um and it, I was quite surprised by finding this really weird one where nobody has pupils. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, I remember you saying that in the reactions, and I was trying to think it was just Liz Allen. I was like, no, no they've all just got the little circle they thingies. They all just have eye it's color. An animation style. That's actually the same as many of Scooby-Doo's representation I, I'm sure it is. It just, like, I was okay with it to begin with, and then the more I started thinking about it, the more I was like... I think that the second episode is where you really couldn't oh, handle no, it. Oh, no, I really don't like this. 
Because I think the first that first episode, I was just like, oh, everyone's eye colour is really... Um, prominent. Prominent. <laughs> and then the second episode, I was like, it's because they don't have pupils. Oh, yeah, my God, why don't they have pupils? It's more to draw, Jane. It's more to draw. <laughs> it just weirded me out. How yeah. do they see? How do they see? <laughs> They're all blind. Yeah, yeah, okay. Clearly not. <laughs> um, yeah, so was there anything that you did like? Um, I, I didn't... Is all we're getting? I didn't hate it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's I, fine. I liked, I liked the first episode over the second episode for sure. I think that although there's greater kind of thematic resonance for Sandman, there was more happening in like kind of the B and C plots in mm. in, in the first one. I think the the plot itself was a little bit more complex. Yeah. Some of the payoffs for Spider-Man's own development... Spider-Man has the most development, I guess, in the first season. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't have to retread some of those plots again in the second season. He's Mm -hmm. a much more stronger character with with, with greater sense of morals and what to do um, and who to choose from in terms of priorities, in terms of doing the right thing or the wrong thing or the great thing because sometimes it's in the middle. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also, like, you know, actually making that active decision that he called out to. You could actually be a good guy. You could use these powers for something better. You know, he's grown past just beating someone up he will actually try and talk to them and engage with them because Mm -hmm. he's seen his friend be someone evil and find redemption for that. Granted, drugs were involved, but, you know, uh, it's nice to see that um, he doesn't have to repeat the same learnings again and again and again. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah... I was always more interested in the way the villains were treated because I'd already seen Spider-Man go through kind of an emotional mm. development in all the other seasons. Sure. Uh, or series. <laughs> um, so that's why I really like the second season a lot more in this. Yeah. Um, and that, because you've already established these characters and then you get to play around with them a lot more in the second season. So I do get why the central character and his, yeah. and his key supporting characters, them having a better plot line, um, did you like at all the creepy Venom side of it? You, there was no weight or anything to that for there, you in there a wasn't, second? There wasn't, I, I kind of appreciate, okay, so the, my thoughts on villains being okay. complicated or complex or, um, a draw card, generally I feel that the point of a good villain is not to be a good villain, but to reflect upon the hero. Right, yes, yes, and yes. So being that kind of yin to their yang. Either a yin to their yang or um, being somebody who, for some reason, brings something out in, in the hero. Yeah. Um, who, yeah, that's, that's kind of what appeals to me the most about an interesting villain. You and would so, so get a lot more out of the Shocker episode I almost picked for you. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, and Shocker even had two character base. So he actually was introduced as a as a different villain and then got the Shocker costume, which was right. a good way of using there are so many B grade and D grade villains in the sure. Spider Man Rogue Gallery that they used a really like corny one mm-hmm. who's again looks like someone who's just ridiculous. I think he lassoed for his like as his tool. Um, and then ended up becoming um, the shocker. And he was a very much a, a, a reflection of how Spider-Man was actually treating other people in his life. Sure, sure. I just, I think that, um, yeah, the idea that the villains may have more depth than the protagonists in the second season, um, I understand why that could be interesting because it's kind of like give us variety and, um, you know, again, not having to retread the same the same ground. I totally understand that. It's pull. not as simple as good and evil. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, to me, I just kind of feel like a, an interesting villain isn't just interesting on his own. He needs to, yeah, in some way 
um, like a connection to the character. There needs to be a connection to the protagonist. Yeah. It, yeah, it needs to reveal something or, or have the protagonist explore something about themselves um, or affect them in a really like deep and meaningful way. Um, it's like, you know, when you think about the big bads of Buffy, mm. um, you know, the most, the ones that have the most impact are the ones that are a reflection or, or you know, have a connection. So you think that Faith in the Mayor is, yeah. is a reflection on Buffy and Giles' relationship. Mm. Um, or, you know, Angelus as, as an antagonist, basically, you know, being um, an image of the life that she could have had with Angel, but intent, instead it turns sour because, you know, men. Um, <laughs> I mean, he also doesn't have a soul, is that... Yes, but he loses his soul after sleeping with her because that's what happens after you sleep with a man. Um, <laughs> they become evil. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's, it's all about what this villain brings out um, in your main character. So I think that, yeah, maybe that just is why this didn't appeal to me and, and I feel that perhaps this series wouldn't appeal to me, at least not in its second season because it's not about Spidey. Yeah. And it should always be about Spidey. Otherwise, why is Spidey your protagonist? Well, it is still, but it's more about how um, Eddie Brock and Venom, how he they make Spider-Man react. Which I think is is kind of an element of the episode that I was interested in. I was half but it wasn't ex- part of the episode. Well, yeah, I kept kind of expecting that um, Spider-Man was uh, being drugged or manipulated yeah, or, or something. losing it a little bit, uh, like asleep. Losing it. Yes, that there was going to be some reason for why he was um, imagining Eddie, and, and not just Eddie, but also the Green Goblin. Yeah, yeah, his best um, friend. What was, what was happening with Spidey, and we just kind of completely dropped that to go and have a, a storyline with Sandman True. that didn't relate to what was actually happening to Spidey in that episode. They were two completely separate plot lines. Yeah. So I think that that really is why the second episode didn't appeal to me a great deal. Whereas the first one, um, you know, the conflict with Sandman was affecting Pete's relationships because he, you know, was, he first of all abandoned the fight with Sandman or chose not to go find Sandman and fight him because he wanted to help Harry, he wanted wanted to go to the tryout. He also wanted to look good in front of Liz Allen. That, it didn't start like that. No, though. it didn't. He, he decided to go because he was like, the boys are going to pummel my friend. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to go and make sure that doesn't happen. And, and I'll look a little goofy. Exactly. And then he and then he was rid of his body powers and mm. did really well. And then he started having a bit of ego. And it wasn't until he had to, you know, really leave Gwen and leave all of that behind and go have the fight with Sandman that he kind of recalibrated his priorities. Again, it didn't really click together. No, it didn't like it should I was have, like, did it? When he came back and then fumbled the last tryouts, he didn't have that moment of realization where he was like, oh, Harry wants this more, more than, than me. I do. Yeah. Um, and you, you and got that should the... have come out of the fight with Sandman <laughs> in some way. And yeah, it didn't. Yeah, because that's what he was doing. Oh, it, I, that they tried. Sorry. I they tried, tried, they tried to, do to do it because he was like, in order to win this in order to win this fight, I need to take a dive. And I think that that was meant to thematically... Oh, that wasn't strong enough. I th- no, I think it was meant to thematically <laughs> link to the idea that I'm going to have to take a dive at triads, but the, those that two did ideas, not, yeah. it only just linked in my head right then. I didn't get that, and I've seen this like three times. Yeah, I think that I think that maybe that's the, what they were going for, but it did It was not. a line, it was a line, you're right, because they, they put an emphasis on it, and I thought it yeah. was just like, is he going to like dive down? No, he didn't dive uh, down. He didn't, he didn't really take a dive to make that happen. He just kind of, he got up there and pretended 
intended to, to be, be down. down. Yeah. And that was what got... So I think... <laughs> they I tried. I think they tried and they did <laughs> very, very poorly. So again, it's just that kind of like... You're seeing it not quite get there. They get, it's, it's frustrating to me to see an episode get so close to thematically having a really solid through line and then just like fumble the landing to use a football <laughs> phrase. So... But I mean, like, do you give them any credit at all for at least having the elements in place? But if the elements don't land, is it better than not give, having them at all? No, I give them credit for giving it a go. I think that that's a lot more than a lot of children's Kid entertainment shows, yeah. does. So, yeah, like, you know, a, a C for trying, <laughs> um, you know, C for effort, but... Um, it's definitely not good enough for a, a really high grade for me because I, the problem with this series is that like even as we're judging things as kids shows, kids shows have the potential to be really fucking good. They do. They really and do. Really compelling. Yeah. And, and I think that this, yeah, it has some ingredients and it's putting them in the bowl. But it's and still And it's kind of like mixing them a little bit, but it's not like incorporating everything really well. They didn't use an electric mixer. They were not using me- they were not using beaters, and this is you know the problem. You've got to use beaters when you're baking, don't you, Kurt? I didn't... you have to own beaters to make a cake. Well, I don't. I bake pies, Jane. <laughs> I didn't need to beat anything in my pies, apart from when I did, and then I borrowed someone's blender, and then I gave it back. This is a this is a running joke. We went to make a cake one time. I was like, let's make a cake, and Kurt was like, yes, and we went and bought all the ingredients. And I came back, and I was like, I need a mixing bowl, and he was like, I don't have one, and then I was like. Okay, Where we can improvise. Beaters? I need your beaters. I don't have any. Okay, we can't make a cake without either a stand mixer or beaters. Rule number one, you got to beat you. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, rule number one, you got to beat shit. Rule number one, you got to beat shit. So the point is, these guys had some ingredients. They even had the mixing bowl, but they didn't have the beaters. So they preheated the oven for nothing. <laughs> Not for nothing. It's just underdone. It's just underdone. It's undermixed, which means that it didn't bake well. Yeah. Didn't really you know, bind. Didn't really bind together. Yeah, it actually worked in the end. I didn't think it would. <laughs> what, a, what a great metaphor we've woven for you all today. Um, so how are we rating? Um, I think we use the same basic system. Mm. Um, Do we want to say like baby eyes or something? That's creepy. I know. Baby Doll's eyes. eyes? Mm. Also creepy, but also creepy. interesting. Because um, they're not the same caliber of eyes. They're not the same 2020 vision I give it. It's true. It's true. <laughs> We're not judging this with 2020 vision. We're judging this with like... 1020? 1020. But we don't want to say bad. No. Um... Is that bad eyesight? That would be quite bad, wouldn't it? Yes. <laughs> if you get told you have 10-20 vision, I am terrified for you. Um, I think we probably, I mean, let's start with doll's eyes and see how they go see throughout where we the go season. From that. <laughs> uh, so, doll's eyes, um, out of our usual four, so um, zero meaning none, I don't want to watch this. One meaning I'll keep an eye out for it. Two meaning I'm I will you know actively Maybe watch, watch it. Um, and four meaning pop on your specs. We are good to go and pay attention. Um, I would say I'm probably at a one on this one. I'm mm. at a one eye. Um, if one of those cre- nice creepy doll's eyes where the gravity makes it oh, blink and yeah, move up and yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. This is a this is a doll where one eye works and one eye doesn't. <laughs> um, literally because I fell asleep. <laughs> 
um, I was tired. I was not. I've not been well. Um, so yeah, it's if it were on and I were babysitting, I and if it be... happened to be a, an episode that actually gave the female characters more to do than just to be behind the men. I mean, I'm not confident that that happens, but. It does, but not for enough episodes. Yeah, it's um, it's like it's like a couple of special episodes out of the entire series, unfortunately. Yeah, which sucks. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would I would kind of give this a one. I'm not going to turn it off, but um, and I didn't hate it, but I'm certainly. I think even as a kid, I wouldn't have. You felt held, drawn to it. I wouldn't have held out to watch this. There show. needs to be like something really in it for you if there's going to be action in the show. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there has to be something just a little bit deeper or um, or funnier or something that really kind of brings me in, whereas there's nothing here to really um, hold my attention. The the characters weren't well drawn enough. Spider-Man I as a character. The style. You didn't like the style? The, the cartoon style? style? You didn't uh, think they were well drawn enough? You, sorry, I didn't mean well drawn enough. Oh, that way. okay, sorry. Given that it's an animated show. Sorry, I'll, <laughs> I'll veer away from that. Um, well, they didn't have pupils and you couldn't seem to get past have, that. They didn't have pupils. It's a drawing style. Remember, I have no particularly strong opinions on cartoon style. Um, I feel, But you did enjoy She-Ra. That has nothing to do with the cartoon style. Oh, I thought you... Oh, okay. Other yeah. than the fact that I enjoy the way that there's body diversity... Oh, yeah, yeah, Which yeah. there isn't in this. No, they're um, all very similar. Body and diversity in the men. A lot of body diversity in yeah, the men. Yeah, actually, the you've got larger play- guys. Even the football players were all different shapes. I mm. appreciated that, actually. And that even, like, Peter Parker has a mole. It's his first time he's ever had a mole. Sure. Um, not Norman has... Not Norman. Harry's got cute little freckles. There was a bit of, um, you know, racial diversity in the yes, cast. Yes, actually, instead of just um, Caucasians all around. But all the women did were all very thin and very yes, beautiful. Yes, yes. So, something very very lacking in early ooze animation. Yeah. 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 Um, but other than that, I, I just don't have strong opinions on animation stuff. It's not something that I really... Um, I, I, I think I can appreciate when I like it, um, but I... But I only really like it if it's got quite a bit of... Um, Emotional way behind it. Yeah, it needs to be quite facially complex, That's why Because that's why I thought you wouldn't like She-Ra. Because they're quite simplistic faces. And it, it does, the showing of emotion, you like to see the emotion in their faces, which is sometimes where you get disconnect. But they've got the cute little blush line. And yeah. I don't know, there's something endearing about the... Um, simplistic nature of their faces and the way they could sh- express one particular emotion. I think that when, again, in Shira, I think that when you really need to show the emotion, I think they actually do it quite well. Because it's quite expressive. They can do a lot of very expressive things. It's just that usually if you're in a scene with, you know, 12 people, which they often are around the war table, like, yes, things are a little more simplistic there. But even then, you look around the table and all of them have... A different face. Yeah, the, the all, eyes and noses are in different places. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's quite it's quite diverse just to look at, and I feel that everybody's um, facial expressions when they're expressing an emotion are very very tied to that character. And yeah, and the voice acting is matched very well. Not exactly. the voice acting was bad in this; it just didn't match with the animation as well as it could. No, have. and and it yeah, it wasn't anything special. I yeah, don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's maybe kind of the line for this one is that it wasn't anything special. Yeah. Um, but do you want to tell me in one sentence why you like the show, why you love the show? Okay, so I guess in one sentence why I like the show is that when I was older and going back into cartoons just for fun, I was surprised the show could deal with such heavier subject matter and make the villains that I really loved a 
bit more than just a one-dimension character. Mm-hmm. So I like the fact that villains can have multiple things behind them and that heroes can fail. And I know that we see that sometimes in a part of an episode, but we don't often see that carry on throughout multiple episodes in a TV show. They're often very cyclic yeah. um, of a structure and everything is back to square one by the end of the next episode. Yeah. Until animation shows these days. Um, uh, yeah, so that was a long-winded sentence of trying to say oh, I okay. like it when a show can actually do what other shows do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think it's a good reason to like it. I think it's a similar feeling that I get when I watch Mum. Is that it's a light-hearted kind of fun sort of romp, but it deals with a darker issue mm. and brings it to the surface for people, brings it to an audience who wouldn't normally be looking at something that dealt with addiction or, yeah. or um, you know, substance abuse and this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and the weight of families and what it's like for Peter to be, like, raising money because his aunt can't afford it. Yeah. And, like, you know, backing her up. So, yeah, I really like that. I guess, like, a constant element for Spider-Man shows is that he sucks at being a superhero and uh, a human being. He's not very good at it. Mm-hmm. He's constantly failing. I guess that's always been a draw to Spider-Man for me, but I guess I felt that more evident in this show because it had consequences. Yeah. Consequences. There we go. Got there in the end. <laughs> you like this show because it has consequences. Yeah, I know that sounds really uh, base level. No, but that's fine. No, yeah. I think that's fine. That's, yeah. it, again, we, we're doing kids' shows... A lot and they of the don't reasons, often have consequences. A lot of the reasons that we like them may be a little more simplistic, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I validate your decision. Thank you, Jane. Okay, great. So tell me what's been in your eye this week, Kurt. Uh, this week, oh, what's been in my eye, this is uh, Encore. I've been experimenting with Disney Plus channel. Okay. So this is actually a Kristen Bell executive produced show. Sure. Where it's a reality show where people who did a musical production in their high school years come back and do it again in, like, a week. Okay. Uh, and so this is 10 years later, 20 years later, 15, 30 years later, uh, and people in their final year of high school and their final years of high school, they haven't seen any, some of these people for years. Some of them stayed in the same town. Sometimes the school has shut down. They're doing it somewhere else. They did uh, Beauty and the Beast again for the first time. Or... So is that a group of people or is it just one person coming back and doing it's, it? It's, it's, it's as many as they can get back. Kind sure. Of. So it's, it's generally the, the main cast. Yeah. Um, of the show and a couple of supporting characters. And it's interesting to see how they come together. You only have Kristen Bell at the beginning of the show just saying, this family does this, or not so this family, this high school did this production and so and so. But I can imagine that, you know, she was that kind of person and enjoyed this kind of thing and probably still friends with some of the people she had musicals back in the day with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's oddly uh, heartwarming. Yeah, sure. um, and I was like, oh, this is such a, like a, a very... PG-rated show. Yeah. Um, but when you push them and you got, like, Australian choreographers or you have, like, you know, really talented but gay musical directors, um, you know, being part of the show and just, like, trying to work with these people who may not be the best singers. Yeah. They haven't been singing for this entire time. Sometimes people have stuck around. And then for the Beauty and the Beast production, they got, like, the person who did the very first Belle um, role on Beauty and the Beast and seeing her, like, trying to get these people who haven't acted in, like since high school, getting their best acting out of them is quite fun. Cool. And little fun theatre exercises. Oh, my gosh, there's just little cutaways between it. Gave me the flashbacks. I don't know. It's something nice about it. Nice. Yeah. Encore, exclamation mark. Excellent. Hmm. Excellent. Um, in my eye this week is Shira, actually. Oh. I finally, I finished the second, uh, third, fourth? Fourth. Fourth season. Um. <laughs> they, I feel like their seasons are kind of cut in half. Or was it the end of the third season? Uh, I think it was the fourth. 
it was the fourth. Yeah, because I don't know because I watched the 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 first, the first three, three really quickly. Quite in quite. Yeah, it would have been the fourth. It would have been the fourth. Um. Yeah. I again just I I really enjoy that show. Um. I like that this season was a little bit different. That um we saw our characters be at odds with one another. Being in different um, roles. Being in different roles. I like that we kind of took a bit of a break from... Um, the Best Friends the, Squad? No, the Catra Adora stuff. Oh, yeah, it was nice, actually, to get some reprieve from it because you're kind of hitting us over the head with it yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it was, it was very, like, you know, we... And it's not that they took that away. It was still, like, you could still tell that Catra was still driven by the idea of trying to be better than Adora or trying to separate herself from Adora. Um, but it wasn't so much like, and they get together and they fight and they have the same argument. Because I feel like at the end of the last season, they kind of closed that off a little bit and just had it, you know, Catra finally picks her lane and says, this is it. This is what this I'm is, doing. doesn't matter how nice you are to me. It doesn't matter how good you are as a person. doesn't matter about our background. I am on this side and you will never change my mind. And I think that that was really good of the show to do to kind of um, break or or um, kind of set a deadline on that conflict and let us, let us kind of see it from a different perspective. It was painful to watch Catra this season. It was really painful to watch it. And, but it and was nice to see her, like devolve or like break down she was she was in a very very dark place which i think is really appropriate for that character Mm. once she has really cut that tie with adora she has got nobody left especially when she pushes away the people i cried so much on the scorpio centric episode i did not cry but um, <laughs> I'm actually tearing up now just thinking aww, about it. Oh, honey. Oh no, no, it was it was a, it was a good a good ride. I, I I was annoyed. I saw the twist coming. I was like, oh, that can't be him. His complexion isn't dark enough. Oh wait, no, that is him. Maybe just yeah. oh, I've got flux off. Who? In, in the in the island. Yeah, yeah. We're spoiling yeah, things. Yeah. Um, I guessed it immediately. Like I I thought that's what it could be. Now they wouldn't do that, would they? Oh yeah, they did. Nah, okay. the yeah. second you saw like a. I glimpse of him and I was like, oh, it's Glimmer's dad. Well, like, at the end of the third season, they introduced him as a character. Like, we, well, they, they showed us him. Yeah, yeah. Because we'd never seen him before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was like, are they setting this up? Yes. Yes, they, they are. are. Um, <laughs> but nice yeah. to know you had a good time with it. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that show. It's good. I don't... Um, I can't usually binge for very long. I'll usually watch two or three episodes and then I think that's a good a amount. Break. Yeah, I, 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 I try not to watch too many because then it's gone. Yeah, I mean, not only that, but also, you know, again, it is a it is a slightly more simplistic show. So eventually, I kind of be like, okay, I'm 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 bored. I've had my taste of lollies now. I've had my now. taste of it, and I need to go and eat some vegetables. Um, yeah, cool, cool, cool. All right, I guess that's it for this week. That is, yes. Um, Remember, you can rate, review, or subscribe. Yes, please do over on the um, Apple Podcasts app. Uh, you can also find us on all the other places you can find podcasts, And a review just within the app itself. Correct. And come over to social media. (laughs) I recognise that at the end of the last season, I was perhaps not so good at the social media and potentially skipped a couple weeks here or there. Um, You got a bit busy. It's really hard, you guys. It'd be nice if, if, uh, yeah... I, I, yeah, I'm gonna. I really am gonna work hard to be better at um, posting twice a week, um, so that you guys have some content and you do want to actually come over and engage. Um, but what would really help me to, if 
to engage is if we had you guys like commenting on posts and stuff like that, just so that we know that we're delivering the kind of content that you like. Even if you don't like it, tell us. Because like, we would love to do change it up and do something else you would like absolutely. us to do. Absolutely. If you're like, this was a shit post, make better jokes. I'll be like, you know what? I could, I could try harder. <laughs> or I really don't get it. It's too hard. I haven't done an eye chart <laughs> no, in weeks. No, in a long time. Yeah, okay. Buddy, I'm, I'm really bad at the eye charts. Um, I think I've gotten better at them, but they just take so much time to think about. It sucks. Anyway. That's at Major Look Pod. At Major Look Pod on... Um, Pretty much Instagram, Instagram, but if you want to come chat to us on another platform, please, you're welcome to, and we can actually uh, reinvigorate said platform. Also, please, we really, really welcome your emails. Um, come find us, jacarandamedia at outlook.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. We are actively seeking recommendations for the next season. So if there's a show you want us to talk about, even if we've done it before, um, we'll bring it up, tell definitely. us what episode you want us to watch, and we will give it a red hot. Um, so that's what we want to do for next season. So you've got eight weeks-ish, <laughs> give or take nine weeks, to tell us what you want us to watch. And we will do it. We'll do it. Absolutely. All right. Thank you for listening, though. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk in your ear holes at you next week. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. I mean, I can almost read that. I... I just turned that. I already made it like three times bigger than I That's would normally. That's three have times it. bigger than you would normally have it. Yeah, well, I because I when I'm doing the notes at the end, I need to be able to read several boxes at once. So I normally. Oh, have it. I get what you're saying. So I normally have it like that. Gosh. And with my glasses on, I can read that from here. It's a little little fuzzy, but I can well and truly read that without my glasses. I've got Buckley's of trying to read that. Buckley's. Yeah, I got Buckley's. What's Buckley's? It's a saying. I don't know. No chance. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Got a Buckley's chance. Right. What the is etymology a of that. Yes, please, please. <laughs> I was going to say, what is a Buckley? Um, so Buckley, there used to be a company. I, I can't even remember what they created. Um, but the company was called Buckley's and Nun. Buckley's like, and Nun. Like that was the two, the names of the two people that owned the company. Oh, okay. Mr. Buckley, Mr. Nun. Okay, so it wasn't necessarily Buckley, it was a product. No, well, I, I don't know what that created, but the company was called Buckley's and Nun. And so it became synonymous with the idea that you would say, I've got no chance as in oh, none. Oh, no chance. I've got you a Buckley's and Nun. Buckley's. Right. I've got Buckley's chance. Which uh, country was that from? This is Australia. Oh, Australian. This is, this is Australian, Australian slang. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. It does sound Australian. You got Buckley's name. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.